Welcome everyone to the Divine Lantern. I'm your host Myrna from the Church of the Dormition of the Theotokos in New South Wales. With the blessing of His Eminence Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower and enrich. This week we bring you a very special instalment of the podcast as we discuss the Feast of the Annunciation, celebrated on the 25th of March. We'll hear the Gospel reading for the Feast, along with an explanation on the reading and discuss the significance of the Feast for the Orthodox Christian in everyday spiritual life. This will then be followed by a sermon as read by our youth. First up, the Gospel reading. The Gospel according to St. Luke In those days, Elizabeth, the wife of Zacharias, conceived and for five months she hid herself, saying, Thus the Lord had done to me in the days when he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and said, Hail, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How shall this be, since I have no husband? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your kinswoman, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you.
A reading on the Annunciation. On the 25th of March, we celebrate the Annunciation of the Theotokos. As it is a fixed feast of the Church, the day we celebrate remains the 25th each year, unlike the movable feasts of the Church, which are centred around Pascha. The feast day always falls during Great Lent, although because it is a joyous celebration, the Church permits fish to be eaten on that day. The word Annunciation means the announcement of, as on this day we celebrate the Archangel Gabriel announcing to the Virgin Mary that our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, the Son of God, will enter the world through her womb. The Feast of the Annunciation of the Theotokos is celebrated with the Divine Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, which is held on the morning of the feast and is preceded by a Madden service. A Great Vespers is prayed on the evening prior, where we read three readings, Genesis chapter 28 verses 10 to 17, where Saint Jacob sees in a dream a ladder set up from the earth reaching the heavens from which the Lord is standing above. Ezekiel chapter 43 verse 27 to chapter 44 verse 4 is also read, in which the prophet is brought up to the heavenly sanctuary in a vision and is shown the outer gate of the sanctuary, which is shut and will remain shut, only to be entered by the Lord God of Israel. The ladder and the shut gate in each reading are a type of the Mother of God, for she is the ladder born on earth, reaching the heavens, from which the Lord descends to earth through, and she is the gate that remains shut to signify her ever virginity. They are followed by a reading from Proverbs chapter 9 verses 1 to 11, in which we are taught of wisdom, which is Christ, who builds his house, types of both the Mother of God and the Church supported by seven pillars discerned by the Holy Fathers to be the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel readings, we hear the recount of the Annunciation and of the Holy Theotokos' visit to Saint Elizabeth, the mother of Saint John the Forerunner, who by the Spirit leaps in his mother's womb at the presence of Christ. The blessed dialogue between the angel and Mary happened in the city of Nazareth in the home of Joseph the betrothed six months after the giving of the news that the greatest man to be born of women, Saint John the Forerunner, will be born. And now the same angel comes to Mary, the handmaiden of God, with more good news that the perfect man is to come. And how is the angel instructed to greet our most holy mother? With esteem and grandeur, for he proclaims, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. Mary is noticeably troubled by this, for when has she ever been greeted like this? And who is this man in front of her? Unlike Eve, who was quick to be deceived by the serpent, Mary did not automatically lower her guard to the angel's words, but rather was troubled by them. Her worry could be owed to her humility, but how can this lowly handmaiden be highly favoured? Concerned that this could be just an elaborate attempt of man's seduction. Though some might wonder, could she not see or feel or notice the radiance of the heavenly powers? But isn't a life of virginity that of the angels, that Mary, living a life dedicated to God, full of humility and purity, was more like the angels than that of fallen man? So whatever divine joy she may have felt at the coming of the angel, she has always felt in her life. Noticing Mary's modest caution, the angel then continued, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. Words we all long to hear, 
Each of us seek this communion and favour with God, and each of us can look to the life of the Most Holy Theotokos that we may hope to achieve this same communion and favour. A woman who has lived a virginal life, not only in body, but in heart and in mind also, has found grace with God, who has chosen her to become the Theotokos, the bearer of the incarnate God. Never before Christ has a child chosen their mother, nor has it happened since. Nor has there ever been a man born without seed or sin, as we read in King David's psalm, In sin my mother conceived me, except the miraculous conception of the only sinless one, Jesus Christ. Because of which, the glorious feast day we now celebrate has become the fountainhead, the crowning of mankind's salvation. So now, like the angel, we can only rejoice, because also like the archangel, we cannot comprehend what has happened, as Gabriel continues. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? It proves to be a mystery not only beyond man's comprehension, but the comprehension of the angelic powers. They too are amazed at how God, who without beginning, who is unencompassable, unapproachable, has lowered himself to the status of a man, without ceasing to be God, or by any means diminishing his divine glory. The angel Gabriel has no answer for Mary's question, but relies on the divine providence of God in his response. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Mary's question, how can this be, is not a question of unbelief, but is a testament of the extraordinary power of God. The same power of God that St. Andrew of Crete alludes to in his great canon of repentance. You give birth and are a virgin, and in both you remain a virgin by nature. He who is born renews the laws of nature, and the womb gives birth without travail. When God so wills, the order of nature is overruled, for he does whatsoever he wills or simply stated by the angel Gabriel to the Theotokos, for with God nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And in these words she accepted God's divine plan for the salvation of mankind. God gave us free will and will never take it from us, but he lays a path for us and we decide whether or not to follow. And in obedience, Mary followed, and by her obedience she once again opened for us paradise, which was once shut by the disobedience of Eve. Eve broke the link that united us with God and brought sorrow and pain to the world, whereas Mary, once again, united us and brought to the world the joy of paradise. She, through her glorious birth-giving, united the word of God with man and linked our fallen nature with the heavenly beings. In his sermon, St. Philaret of Moscow boldly states that the word of the creature brought the Creator down into the world. He explains that salvation is not merely an act of God's will, but also involves a virgin's free will. She could have refused, but she accepted God's will and chose to cooperate without complaint or further questions. Through this incredible feast day, we can be reminded of God's incomprehensible mercy on his creation, for he lowered himself to us in order to save us from the powers of the devil. 
we also see the honor and glory of the holy Theotokos, that which exceeds the cherubim and the seraphim, who by her obedience to and synergy with God becomes the mother of God and the gate through which the prince has entered the world. We as Orthodox Christians can take from this blessed event many lessons, but among them we can see that we are all called to trust in God's will, even when it is beyond our understanding. For even the angels did not know God's plan for our salvation. We are also instructed to be obedient that we may say alongside the Theotokos, let it be to me according to your word, so that we may open the door of our hearts and let Christ enter in. For he says to us, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. An excerpt from the Sermon of the Annunciation by St. Proclus of Constantinople. Our present gathering in honour of the Most Holy Virgin inspires me, brethren, to offer her a word of praise, of benefit also for those who have come to this holy celebration. It is a praise of women, a glorification of their gender, which glory she brings to it, she who is both mother and virgin at the same time. O desired and wondrous gathering, O nature, celebrate that whereby honour is rendered to woman. Rejoice, O human race, that in which the virgin is glorified. But where sin is abounded, grace did much more abound. The Holy Mother of God and Virgin Mary has gathered us here. She is the pure treasure of virginity, the intended paradise of the second Adam, the place where the union of natures 
divine and human was accomplished, and the Council of Salvific Reconciliation was affirmed. Who has ever seen, who has ever heard, that the limitless God would dwell within a womb? He whom the heavens cannot circumscribe is not limited by the womb of a virgin. He who is born of a woman is not just God and he is not just man. He who is born has made a woman the gateway of salvation, where evil poured forth its poison, bringing on disobedience. There the Word made a living temple for himself, bringing obedience there. From the place where the ark sinner Cain sprang forth, there Christ the Redeemer of the human race was born without seed. The lover of mankind did not disdain to be born of a woman, since she gave him life in his human nature. He was not subject to impurity by being in the womb which he himself arrayed free from all harm. If this mother had not remained a virgin, then the child of her might be a mere man, and the birth would not be miraculous in any way. Since she remained a virgin after giving birth, then how is he who is born not God? It is an inexplicable mystery, for he who is passed through the locked doors without hindrance was born in an inexplicable manner. Thomas cried out, My Lord and my God, thus confessing the union of the two natures in him. The Apostle Paul says that Christ is to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. They did not perceive the power of the mystery, since it was incomprehensible to their minds, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If the word had not settled within the womb, then the flesh would not have ascended onto the divine throne with him. If it were disdainful for God to enter the womb which he created, then the angels also would have disdained service to mankind. He, who in his divine nature was not subject to sufferings, through his love for us subjected himself to many sufferings. We believe that Christ was not made God by some gradual ascent towards the divine nature, but being God, he was made man through his mercy. We do not say, a man was made God, but we confess that God was incarnate and made man. He who, in his essence did not have a mother, chose his servant as a mother, and he who appeared on earth in the image of man does not have an earthly father. How is he both without a father and without a mother, according to the words of the Apostle? If he is only man, then he cannot be without a mother, but actually he had a mother. If he is only God, then he cannot be without a father, but he has the father. Yet as God the Creator, he has no mother, and as man, he has no father. We can be persuaded of this by the very name of the archangel who spoke to Mary. His name is Gabriel. What does this name mean? It means man of God. Since he whom Gabriel announced is God and man, then this very name points to this miracle beforehand, so that this act of divine dispensation is accepted with faith. It would be impossible for a mere man to save people, for every man has need of the Saviour. For all have sinned, says St. Paul, and come short of the glory of God. Since sin subjects the sinner to the power of the devil, and the devil subjects him to death, then our condition became extremely desperate. There was no way to be delivered from death. Physicians were sent, 
i.e. the prophets, but they could only point out the malady more clearly. What did they do? When they saw that the illness was beyond human skill, they summoned the physician from heaven. One of them said, Lord, bow thy heavens and come down. Others cried out, Hear me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Turn us, O God, and cause thy face to shine, and we shall be delivered. Still others said, But will God truly dwell with man upon the earth? Let thy tender mercies go before us, O Lord, for we are greatly impoverished. He who by nature is Lord did not disdain human nature enslaved by the sinister power of the devil. The merciful God did not allow it to be under the power of the devil forever. The ever-existing one came and gave his blood in ransom. To redeem the race of man from death he gave up his body which he had accepted from the virgin. He delivered the world from the curse of the law, annihilating death by his death. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, says St. Paul. Know then that our Redeemer is not simply a me man, since the whole human race was enslaved to sin. But neither is he just God, who does not partake of human nature. He had a body, for if he had not clothed himself in me, then neither would he have saved me. But, having settled in the womb of the Virgin, he clothed himself in my fate, and within this womb he effected a miraculous change. He bestowed the Spirit and received a body. And so, who is made manifest to us? The prophet David shows you by these words, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. But tell us even more clearly, O prophet, who is he? The Lord is the God of hosts, says the prophet. God is the Lord and has revealed himself unto us. The Word was made flesh. There, the two natures were united, and the union remained without mingling. He came to save, but had also to suffer. What has the one in common with the other? A mean man cannot save, and God cannot suffer in his nature. By what means was the one and the other done? He, Emmanuel, being God, was made also man. He saved by that which he was, God, and he suffered as that which he became, man. He alone is both in the bosom of the Father and in the womb of the Virgin. He alone is in the arms of his mother and rides on the wings of the winds. He, before whom the angels bow down in worship, also reclined at the table with publicans. The seraphim did not gaze upon him, yet Pilate pronounced sentence upon him. He who the servant smote is also the one before whom all creation trembles. He was nailed to the cross and ascended to the throne of glory. He was placed in the tomb and he stretched out the heavens like a curtain. He was numbered among the dead and he emptied hell. Here on earth they cursed him as a transgressor. There in heaven they glorified him as the All-Holy. What an incomprehensible mystery! I see the miracles and I confess that he is God. I see the sufferings and I cannot deny that he is man. Emmanuel opened the doors of nature as man, and as God he preserved the seal of virginity intact. He emerged from the womb at birth the same way he entered through the Annunciation. Wondrously he was both conceived and born, he entered without passion and emerged without impairment. 
As the prophet Ezekiel says concerning this, He brought me back by the way of the outer gate of the sanctuary that looks eastward, and it was shut. And the Lord said to me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no one shall pass through it. For the Lord God of Israel shall enter by it, and it shall be shut. He, the Holy Virgin and Mother of God, is clearly indicated. Let all contention cease, and let the Holy Scripture enlighten our reason, so that we too may receive the heavenly kingdom unto all eternity. Amen. Thank you everybody for joining us again for another incredible episode of The Divine Lantern. If you liked what you heard, please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast series and share the episodes with your friends and families. We'll catch you again next week. 